Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. Let's do the Patreon shout outs before we introduce our guest. Let's do it. Uh, for our listeners, <laughs> if you like our podcast, please consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. You can get all the intel on our subscription tiers, but... At the bare minimum, any donation amount gets you a shout out on this podcast where Young Me and I guess who you are based on your name alone uh, and using your psychic abilities, which which are not we, real. <laughs> um, but sorry, I'm very invested. I, cu- I cut you off. What were you going to say, Young Me? <laughs> I was going to say that you know the bonus episodes are our dating and sex episodes, and they are good. Like that could be its own little podcast. You're missing out if you don't. Uh, that's why we put it behind a paywall because yeah. we're busy. We are business experts, and that's the good shit. <laughs> I have stories of people eating jizz. I have, you know, it's it's all sorts of stuff. <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Um. Anyways, young me, are you ready for our first shout out this episode? Yeah, hit me. Yep. Our first our first shout out goes to Dana Yu. <gasps> I Dana is the hottest my favorite name <laughs> I had a huge crush on this girl named Dana in high school uh-huh and that's the end of that story <laughs> nothing ever, <laughs> a fucking awkward high school student <laughs> Dana Dana's the, um, honey, the hottest name Dana you Dana you Dana you Dana you yeah I'm getting like athletics gym instructor vibe yep I'm Just definitely a, getting athletic. I would say she's the athletics director of uh, a New England boarding school. I'm getting athletic too, but I feel like her job is like something about the flight industry. Like she's a flight attendant or pilot you know i don't want to be sexist i don't, here. I don't understand how those are connected so she's just a jacked flight attendant <laughs> no i'm saying she is the captain she's an airline captain i don't want to be sexist oh uh, uh, okay okay great so dana Maybe you a flight attendant who knows right so dana you is either a pilot or she is the athletics director of a boarding school dm us and let us know I- if we are right um our second shout out goes to hannah chun this is big church Hannah. energy. Big ch- Hannah is a big church name. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah is like a chaotic slut name though too. We always do this. We're like, it's either a churchy person or a slut. It's like, so she's maybe like, both. things are not big, mutually exclusive though. That is exactly. exactly. And you a guys got a little teaser of our guest this week. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. So Hannah Chun is chaotic. Chaotic slut six days a week, and then every Sunday, big church energy, leading the choir for the Lord, (laughs) (laughs) repenting for all our sins. Loves the Lord. (laughs) It's 2021. You can can have sex and love the Lord, okay? It's fine. Uh, (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That's basically what my For You page is on TikTok, is all Korean church memes about being chaotic sluts, and then every Sunday just being all about the Lord, baby. (laughs) Brian, did I bring this up with you? Okay, so I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but you know, we, we have like a Feeling Asian TikTok account. 
Yeah. Did I tell you this, Brian? Sometimes I'm on the account and I forget. So I start scrolling through the feed and I'm like, why is this feed so it's all like, how did Jeff Bezos make a billion dollars? Or it's like, <laughs> how do, and it's like some like really sexy blonde, like Instagram model. And I'm like, yeah, why yeah. does my for you page look like this? And then I realize that Brian's using the feeling Asian <laughs> TikTok. So that's like his algorithm. That's and I'm all like, I why want. Is this like, all I want is just hot. <laughs> Instagram thoughts on my TikTok I or how did so Jeff Bezos or how did Jeff Bezos scale a small bookstore into a multi multi trillion dollar business it's like There's no the in founder between. of Twitch, the founder of Twitch, this like Asian yoga guy. And I'm like, why is this on my, and I'm like, oh shit, this is Brian's, inside Brian's brain. That's Meanwhile, so, mine is all like queer theory. <laughs> <laughs> queer theory. Yeah. <laughs> like, did I mention like, that I'm, I am an, Hey, there's, I'm an Asian man, young me. I'm a cis okay. hetero Asian man. It's either there's how to be a business billionaire or just an I do thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, you put me on front street there. So for our listeners, that is that's all there is going on in my brain. There's nothing you don't need to listen to the podcast anymore. It is um, so crazy when you see someone else's for you page algorithm because you literally can see the inside of their brain. It's it's so weird. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the course of this podcast, we we know exactly the inception of when you started TikTok because you were like, oh my God, there's so many fucking jacked Asian guys on TikTok. Everyone's so jacked and Asian. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is getting mm. way off topic, but like the other day, oh my god, this guy that I was like sleeping with was like, wait, why is why are there so many Asian women on Hinge? And I was like, you realize Hinge has like a super strong algorithm, my dude. Like, you're swiping on the Asian women. He was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, you want to go back to like my me place? When I was like, yeah. Um, that was me when I started doing TikTok. I was like, why is everyone a hot, ripped Asian man? <laughs> um, calling last, myself out. Are you, our last shout out for this episode, Young Ready? Me, goes out to yeah. Vanessa Lavarado. Excuse me. Vanessa's like my very close friend. Yeah. You I'm know Vanessa, guess, right? I'm going to guess Vanessa is extremely hot. Uh, is Young Me's friend, um, a, a, a woman who I have asked Young Me oh. if she's single. <laughs> I think she's single now, but she lives in LA. Oh, our guest might know her because she makes, she's the founder of Marigold Sweets, which is an edible company based in LA. Like they're very fancy high-end yeah, chocolates that have weed in them. And she also used to host uh, Bong Appetit on Vice, which is a store. It's a cooking show about cooking with weed. That's my psychic guess for Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope we're right. Vanessa, Hannah, and our first shout out, Dana. Dana. Thank you for donating my to our Patreon. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for keeping our skies safe, Dana. Um <laughs> But once again, <laughs> patreon.com slash feelingasian. If you like the podcast and want to support us, go check it out. Uh, Young me, I'm going to introduce our guest this week. I'm excited. I want to give him a proper intro here. Our guest this week is a weed soon-to-be magnet and founder of Sunday School. Give your ears to Day Lim. Hello, I'm Day Lim. Uh... <laughs> My full Korean name, I'm Korean, uh, Korean American, 
And my Korean name is Im Taewon Daewon Lim. Um, oh. my, my English name used to be Andy until um, I was about <laughs> like nine. And I was like, you know, like I watched Toy Story and I was like, ooh, that's Andy. Like it doesn't feel right <laughs> for me to be Andy. I don't vibe with this. But Day, before we ask you how you feel, Youngmi, how are you feeling? Okay, I'm just gonna tell this story really quick. I'm so upset because I went to this fucking <laughs> angry. It's 11 a.m. <laughs> I I woke up and chose violence. Um, so I had a I had a stand up show, in person stand up show last night, and this is a, only the second one. The first one day, I don't know if you know this, but on the way to the first one, I got assaulted on the street by some fucking man. Oh, very fuck. randomly and then like so it kind of ruined my set I got there and then I was like I don't even know if I want to say anything like I had to like talk about it on set and then I was like what the fuck I'm a comedian I shouldn't be thinking about this I should <laughs> right. be focusing on being funny but I can't because someone just attacked me Yeah. and then yesterday I get to the show I fucking swear to god I get to the fucking show and this you know like before you go on a stand up show there's a flyer and there's names of the com- other comedians and this woman walks in this comedian that i had beef with because she made a she didn't make it but she was in a racist video called kung flu something where there was like a bunch of stand-up comedians making fun of coronavirus calling it kung flu and i was like i made it a point to just remember everyone in that video and never work with them luckily they're all like open mic comics and they're never gonna come on i'm I'm sorry i'm not being a bitch but they just suck they're idiots (laughs) you know It's like, oh, oh no, I, oh, I, that's, I'm going to burn some bridges to a a bar show with three people. And oh no, if I never talk to these losers. Anyway, so one of the, one of the women on, in the video during quarantine, like reposted like my tweet and she was like, oh, I love her. She's so funny. And I was like, don't ever fucking, don't ever fucking ever talk about me. Talk to me. You're a fucking racist. And I posted on Instagram and then I blocked her. And then she was like trying to, she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, blocked, bitch. You don't, I don't have the time for you. You need, you're a fucking, you're a loser. No offense. You're not funny. It doesn't even, I'm not, nothing is being lost here by me not talking to you. Okay. And then, so she shows up to the show yesterday and I was like, what the, (laughs) why, what? And she wasn't on the flyer and she just acting like nothing's happening. And I was like, uh, do you want to address the fact that you're a fucking racist? Because right now I'm sitting here feeling uncomfortable and you're acting like having a good old fucking time. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm leaving. And so I like, as I'm leaving, I text the the host. I'm like, I'm fucking leaving. I know you don't know this, but like we had this whole incident where she's a racist and she's acting normal. She didn't approach me and apologize. She just acted like everything was cool. And I was like, that's great. You get to have this loser that nobody likes and her comedy sucks. I'm being a bitch, but she's a racist. Like, just being real here, not funny. No one's there to see her. You're fine. Have her on your fucking show. I, you're not going to have me. And you know what? Like, I'm done pretending that everything's okay. I'm going to fucking, I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, okay, here we go. Racist person. I'm being attacked on the street. I'm not going to fucking stand for it. So I leave. And I just like left a message to the host because I really like the host. I really respect him. And I said, I'm sorry. I know you don't know this, but we had this thing and she's a racist and I don't feel comfortable in the same room. She didn't apologize. She didn't say anything to me. And so I'm leaving. I don't feel safe. And he like, he saw the message right away and like came out and he talked to me. He's like, oh, I totally understand. I'm so sorry. And he was like, well, like, what do you want me to? I was like, I don't care. Like you can give her her eight minutes. 
that no one's going to laugh at. But like, I don't give a shit. I'm just not going to be here. I don't care what you do. It's not my responsibility. It's not my call, but I'm just, I, I'm not going to stay in a place I don't feel safe. So he later texted me. He was like, you know, I like, he was like, you, I know you didn't ask me to, but I asked her to leave because I, I agree with you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, honestly, she could have just apologized to me and said, dude, I'm sorry about this fucking fucked up shit. Or I, I understand that I was wrong or said something, but she right. didn't. Because she didn't have to. Because she's white and she's mediocre. And you get to do whatever the fuck you want when you're a white person. You don't have to like feel uncomfortable in any space. Everyone, It's everyone else's job to feel uncomfortable. And you get to fucking do whatever the fuck you want. And I was like, that's fine. I'm not going to fucking be here. Anyway, yeah. I just thought, you know, like this is... The, the, I, I kept thinking like before quarantine started, I was on a show, on the same show with Shane Gillis, who I hate talking about. But I just... When I saw his name on the bill, I said, unfortunately, I have to explain to you because no one knows who this loser is. But he was the one that was fired from SNL for being racist against Asians. When I saw his name on the bill, I, I just told the host of the show, hey, I'm sick. I can't come to the show. I'd never I never said I'm uncomfortable. I never said anything. I just made myself disappear. I like I like detrimented my career because I didn't want to raise a fuss. I didn't want people to be like, oh, this bitch yeah. bringing up this bolt and I, so I just quietly made myself disappear Shane Gillis got to perform that night and then I was like this is this is the legacy of like racism against POCs because white people get to keep being comfortable and doing whatever the fuck they want to do and we have to fucking go home because we're uncomfortable and I'm like you know what no no more if I'm going home you also have to fucking go home and yeah. then the host told me he was like he sent her home and I was like good good so now good. she knows whenever she goes to a fucking show and she sees that I'm there I might not perform, but she sure the fuck is not also going to perform if in everything under my power. And if she does, I will ruin her fucking set. And that's what like if if POC have to have their careers like cut short because of this shit, then you also have to have your career cut short. That's 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 the bare minimum. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm very angry. I'm glad that I said all of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, glad I think that I said I, all that. I think it's really Sorry. good that you did that, young me, because I think that's the big challenge Bare of minimum. just being. Well, it's the big challenge of being a creative is that the work we get to do is super fun and we get to express ourselves. But with that, there's no regulation in our the spaces that we're in. Like, there's no HR no. whatsoever. So naturally, in any creative industry. You're going to be rubbing shoulders with a lot of shitty people who've done really and, crappy things. And, and you, your reputation yeah. precedes you. Everyone kind of knows. And then that's where you're left with the choice of like, <sighs> your hands are tied behind your back. And when you're first starting out, you don't want to compromise or jeopardize any future opportunities. So you are forced to begrudgingly stay face and do these things. Yeah. But um, I'm glad know, that you stood your ground and yeah. you did what you had to do. And I'm sorry that this is taking so long, but I just want to say one thing before I move on. I understand that even up to last year or even two years ago, if you did that, that would have detrimented my career. Like if I did that, they'd be like this mouthy Asian fucking bitch. What yeah. the fuck is her problem? Why can't she just be cool? But now I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of all the people that came before me who are not allowed to do that. And a lot of people that did do what I did and their careers were ruined forever. And we know actual people that this has happened to. Everyone does for standing up to white racists. And I, I'm 
the space now that we have for the a little allowance that we get to take advantage of it, I'm fucking fully taking advantage of it. Anyway, I hope, I fucking <laughs> hope people are fucking scared when they see my name on a bill. Because I, I, will, I will make sure that your night is ruined. Hey guys, oh. that's how I feel. <laughs> Let's <Fucking> go. Angry. <laughs> how are you feeling, Brian? I'm, 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 I feel good. I'm like Emma. I'm like Slim Shady. I like get it all out in my raps, and then I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> oh man. How are you feeling, um, Brian? Yeah, I don't think I'm quite as angry as you are. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I've been I've been noticing a weird thing lately. I've been sleeping like absolute shit. And I don't know what's going on. I think there's a shift happening with my body of some sort. I don't know. Like it correlates with how my, like when I wake up in the morning and see the state of my bed, it correlates with the quality of sleep I've had. So I have a great night's rest when my blanket is sort of stationary. And this is a weird thing I do, but Every time I have a good night of rest, one pillow will always be on the floor. But lately, my whole bed is always isn't like complete disarray. It's like a fucking twister has gone through my bed and I'm like gotten like mm. two hours of sleep. It's like I've had a night of hot sex, but I'm like has zero fucking actually. And it's just me wrestling with my thoughts, trying to fall asleep. And I can't. And uh yeah, I don't know. I feel good now, but um I feel like I'm operating at 75%. Whereas if I could get at like a day, like three days worth of seven hours of sleep, I would be totally fine. But I just can't seem to get that right now. Uh, Maybe would, there's a lot on my mind. I would suggest you smoke some weed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Brian, I need. Yes. I know. I know. I know. I, I know. He's onto something. I think he's onto something. I just ran out of uh, edible gummies, and maybe that's what? what's going on. <laughs> Oh, because do you eat edible gummies at night usually? Usually, usually. Were you scared to say that? You're like, uh, yeah, if the FBI is listening, no. But uh. <laughs> Alleg- <laughs> allegedly, criminalized, bitch. Yes. <laughs> um, allegedly. Allegedly, I, I have been taking edible gummies before I sleep. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. That's how I've been feeling. My, I like. I don't know. My brain feels uh, hyperactive and it's preventing me from being able to sleep. I'm kind of cagey. We had a little disagreement, mm. young me, where I kind of oh. lost my shit on you. <laughs> and I oh, apologize. Yeah, Brian. I feel like when we argue, that really affects you. I feel like the last, one of the last times you argue, you'd ha- you like triggered an anxiety attack. I know. Remember? Maybe Ugh. it really affects you. I wonder Some- why. I don't know. Something I need to chill. I need to fucking smoke some weed and calm the fuck down. <laughs> how I read it, you know how I read it, Brian, is that you take this podcast very seriously. And that's why if there's any rift between us, I think that really that's why it affects you so deeply. That's how I read it. I think your psychic abilities are spot on, young me. <laughs> um but yeah, um that's how I feel. Short and sweet. Day, how are you feeling? Um, I feel great. I feel really excited. Uh, so, uh, I run a business with a team of, uh, four Asian Americans, Asian American women, uh, who are my pillars. Uh, I think my favorite 
species of human being are Asian women uh, in general. So it's a privilege to be working with them. Uh, we just wrapped up our 420 campaign. Thank you to you guys. Um, and we are. Yeah, thanks for to, having us. Of course, that was so <laughs> fun. And then we're about to embark on our. Um, Asian American Pacific Heritage Month campaign, which we put so Thanks. much thought into. Um, and yeah, basically uh, we're, you know, we're doing something pretty cool um, called In Search of Collective Asian American Identity. Um, and we want to do it every year. Um, but, you know, mm. the goal here is to just highlight our stories, like what you guys are doing, showcasing how it feels to be Asian, how it feels to be Asian American. Uh, and for us, you know, we want to document our experiences uh, what, as stoner Asians, just as Asians <laughs> in general. Um, and we're doing it over the course of the month. Um, we're tackling four topics. Uh, first being uh, first week is going to be about gender and about sexuality and about preferences. Um, so we'll be touching on coming. We'll be touching on um, you know desexualization nice. of you know mm. Asian manhood. Um, how we are the least swiped on Hinge and Grinder. Please do better, guys. Um, and <laughs> uh, you know talking about hypersexual. Oh, on Grinder too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What? I know. I thought it was the opposite yeah. on Grindr. No. I've heard Grindr is racist as hell. Like, they'll openly just be like, I've heard no that. Asians. Yeah, exactly. And then um, we're talking about hypersexualization of Asian women. Mm. Uh, we're talking, and then the week after, we're talking about, you know, the parent, child, first gen, second gen immigrant immigrant uh, relationships third week mm. we're talking about food fourth week we're talking about career mobility so exactly what you just went through young me uh, we're talking about Damn. those microaggressions and those yeah. macroaggressions yeah so it's gonna be a really busy month but honestly after may i'm going on fucking vacation so i'm nice. really excited yeah where are you going um i am going to greece Oh, I'm going to Greece in September. I love. Wow. I love Greek. I know. People. I love it too. I love Branzino. I, I love. I love Greece. Branzino. Yeah. Damn. I've I've also been to Greece. Woo! Asians going to Greece. It's like Mamma Mia. Our listeners can't see you right now, but you are emitting total Zen vibes. You are <laughs> in a tie dye hoodie. You're vaping. You have your matcha green tea. There's a beautiful plant behind you. And what you just described seems like you're going through the crazy ins and outs of operating a business and you have these huge campaigns coming up. And just from the outset, you, you just seem so zen that I no one would be able to guess that about you. Like, I think it's awesome. I think, I think it's two things. Like one, I smoke weed. So it's like, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, if all fails, there will be a joint waiting for me at the end of the night. Um, so that's right. <laughs> a huge, you know, solace in the back of my mind. Uh, and then, you know, number two is just like, you know, I am doing this because I believe in what we are doing as, you know, a mm -hmm. company, as a team of people, you know, as the ideas that we're putting out there. Uh, and there's like true ownership here, um, even beyond the fact that uh, I started this company, there's ownership in the work that we do so yeah i think that's what really you know keeps me going at the end of the day 
for this is more for our listeners, but uh, just a little background about you. So yeah. you grew up in Seoul. You went yeah. to boarding school in Connecticut. You studied math at Harvard. Then you got after that, you got a job at McKinsey. And then you switched over to fashion and then it eventually led to starting your own company, Sunday School. Can you like walk us through what that was all like? Because leading up to McKinsey, you were like the seemingly ideal Asian son. And then you decided you were the dream. And then you decided to switch it up. Like what led to that? So, yeah, I'll, I'll start, uh, you know, the year was 1993, uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm born in Seoul, uh, raised in Seoul. Um, I'm from an area yeah. in Gangnam called um, Dogokdong, uh, which is, Youngmi, you may know, but that is like the inspiration of Sky Castle, which is this drama that like hit Koreans like no other, but it's like a hyper competitive Every kid there is trying to go to Seoul University or trying to go to Harvard or, you know, all of these universities. And, you know, the kids are competing against each other. The parents are competing against each other. And it's all about how many academies did your kid go to after school and which teacher did your kid use, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, for me, I was born as a fighter because my mom is a fighter. Um, you know, she's mm. a fierce ass bitch. We love her. And uh, and then, you know, growing up under her scrutiny, I, you know, had to, you know, I had like my inner like competitiveness kind of nurtured by her. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, and then basically I, so I was there till I was 12. And then she sent me to a summer um, school in California, in Torrance, California, because her friend lived there and she was like, okay, you can stay there and, you know, check out how America is. And then yeah. I was like, what is peanut butter and jelly sandwich? This is disgusting. <laughs> this, uh, this shit fucking sucks. Yeah, this shit is disgusting. The worst food. That food is the worst food on planet Earth. Also, Brian's favorite sandwich. Oh my god! <laughs> I, and I brought like, kimchi. Fr- Brian loves it. I brought kimchi fried rice. I brought kimchi kimbap, and everyone was like, "Ew, what the fuck is that?" I was like, "You live in Torrance, like you know, this is not like this is not Minneapolis. You know, this is not Kansas yeah. City. This is Torrance, where like literally forty percent of the kids look exactly like me. You know, so I'm just like, yeah. why are you like Asian man being?" whitewashed and telling me my food smells um oh yeah so i was just like you know that is so funny. yeah i was like this, <laughs> this kind of sucks but that- I, I was there <laughs> no what that, that was that fucking yeah. like yeah. kimchi it was brian, it was brian, it was brian <laughs> it was eating you. a peanut butter jelly sandwich <laughs> like ew what are you eating i'm eating peanut butter jelly. what are you eating exactly. imagine how, how Yo, like, if you put banana in it it's really good peanut butter and banana <laughs> You should try some time, bro. And honey. That's oh the one. God. That's the one for um, me. The Elvis. That's the Elvis. Yeah. And then, and then I went back to Korea and I was like, okay, like America's not for me. Uh, but then I scored. Who so, is it for America? <laughs> I scored so Who? low in my like attention score. Uh, oh shit. Yeah. So like I, my whole grade point average went super down. 
So I was like, you know what? Actually, America may be for me because I was like, I love it. Yeah. I was like doing worms in class and shit, and no one didn't care. So I was like, okay, if no one's gonna care about this shit, uh, I'll go to America. Uh, so I went Yo. to I went to America, skipped two grades, and as an eighth grader, like prepubescent, and then like you know, I the first place I went to was in Richmond, Virginia. Where, like, I remember, like, you know, wearing Timberlands was, like, a thing then. I mean, I guess it still kind of is a thing. But, like, middle school kids wearing, like, peak polos and Timberlands was a thing. So I wore that once. And then this white dude named Connor was just so annoyed that I was wearing Tim's. And was like, yo, like, like, because they called me, like, a 12-year-old. Yo, 12-year-old, like, come out to the yard. And then he, oh shit! Yeah, and then he literally beat the shit out of me. And I, what the yeah, fuck? And I was just like, and I mean, I did get some karate kicks in because I am a oh young, I'm a young adult karate holder. Uh, but yeah, so I went to boarding school. Um, you know, it was super white. Um, you know, lacrosse flow hair was a thing. Um, I try- Brian plays lacrosse. No, I don't. Okay, I play. Oh, you don't? I, I play squash. All right, squash oh, okay, and tennis. Sorry. Get your white. Get your, get your white sports right, young man. Um, I just I sorry. Love, I forgot. I literally thought it was lacrosse. I do love squash. Um, Yo, there's, there's something cathartic about hitting a ball against the wall. You know. Like I'm like Young me, I think you would you would like it. It's a very horny sport. It's sweaty. You're like wiping your sweat against the glass walls and shit. I love it. I love it. Okay, teach me. I'll play squash with with you guys. Okay. All right, we should play. But I'm not rich and white enough. What am I gonna You know what? We need to colonize this sport. Fuck that. Okay. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Um so yeah, basically like at boarding school, I was just like, why am I not white? You know, like, why am I not? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there are all these kind of identities that were, you know, the architect, it was like mean girls, except like yeah. whiter and like mm-hmm. richer. Like, snobbier. <laughs> yeah, like richer. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, wow, like, you know, it. But that being said, you know, I wasn't unhappy there because uh, there was a great sushi restaurant nearby. So I would like always always order sushi. And like there was a great pizza restaurant that delivered to like 1 a.m. too. So like I ate my feelings out, actually. Um, And then uh, but then, you know, I had a clear goal in mind, like going to Hotchkiss for me was like my stepping stone into getting into a good college. So. I studied my ass off. Um, I took like 13 APs. Like I was that bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what any of this means. I'm just, I'm just letting you, you both know. I'm like lost. I'm still trying to figure out what. Still trying to. You guys are like Hodgkins squash. I'm like 13 APs. What is yeah. AP? Apple, yeah. apple pies? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And yeah, and then basically, and then I went to Harvard and it really changed mm. my life. And uh, then I went to Harvard. I loved, <laughs> You're like, I loved Harvard. It was, it's truly an amazing place. Uh, so many people look like me. So many people look yeah. like, Ooh, you know, different people. Nice. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I thought it was going to be like this like nerd veil and it is for sure. Uh, yeah. But 
I was like, I love being a nerd, you know, and like you can be a nerd and you don't have to have like lax flows and carry around. Like you don't have to like drop your shorts like three inches down from your waistline, you know, like you could just be you. Um, And but like when you were at Harvard, did you have a goal in mind there too? No, not really. I was like, I made it. Got it. I was like, mom, I did you proud. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm going to live my life now. For you, Dave, it seems like you, you are a person who once you've, you've set these goals and you've obtained, you attain them. Like you set a high standard and you attain that high standard. Cause even after Harvard, you know, you worked in consulting, like McKinsey's one of like the big what is McKinsey? four or whatever what is that? the fuck. Why do you, it's like one of the that? big is that consulting firm people firm? want, right? Consulting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so at Harvard, honestly, like one of the main reasons why I loved Harvard was because I started smoking weed heavily at Harvard. Wow. Um, wow. And honestly, that will, Maya. that like weed is the, like the whole reason why I started Sunday school is because of my experiences at Harvard smoking weed. Like I really found my, or I didn't, I, I'm still finding it, but I really started the journey of finding myself, my identity as an Asian, Asian American man through smoking weed. So let me explicate a little further. Like before, you know, growing up in Korea, you know, I wanted to be like, you know, the president, whoever the president was at the time, Kim Dae-jung, uh, you know, uh, right. yeah. I was like, you know, they look like me, I can get there. Um, and then I came to America and then I was like, oh shit, like none of these people look like me, like Bill Clinton, like, you know, all these people, like I was just like, uh, and then I was like, oh, but I also kind of want to be like Britney Spears. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> there were so many identities like in the melange of things. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then I kind of started smoking weed and I was just like, you know what, like, I, I, you know, I, I talk to myself, especially like when I bike, I'm like, Hey day, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. Like, you know, I, I, it's like, there's like some <laughs> split personality going on there, but I was like talking yeah. to myself and I was like, you know, like at the end of the day, like you are the highest form of yourself right now as you're hitting this joint. Uh, and how can mm. you really manifest that energy? The highest and the highest yeah, form of yourself. <laughs> and honestly, the highest. To, to, <laughs> yeah. Like this may get a little too serious, but I am a fifth generation Protestant. Um, my great, 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 great grandpa was like one of the first uh, Christians when this white fucking missionary was like, you are a Christian and this is what you believe. Um, and then it was really through. So I used to like write, um, diaries, uh, and it would be like, always, it would be like, dear God, this is day today. I did this and that. And tomorrow I have a chemistry test and I start, I studied so hard and God, I know you're going to give me the energy to like ace this test even beyond what I studied because I am your chosen son. And, and then I was like reading back at my diaries actually, uh, in college. And I was just like, Oh my God, I am God. I was like, Holy shit. Like I was writing this, to myself, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and I was just like, that is some high ass <laughs> fucking, that is some high ass train of thought yeah, right there. Like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, I am God. And then I am God. 
which is why like, when when we uh, when I started Sunday school, we were like, let's imagine a world where God is Korean and smokes weed yes. every single day to create this universe, and that's how I would believe mm. in. I would I would religiously go to the church of a Korean weed smoking God. I'm just saying. Welcome if to that was welcome to Sunday school. Here I am. <laughs> Uh, damn so wait like so, you yeah, started so, smoking weed and then they kind of like i imagine it must have shattered your reality a little bit because you grew up I, like you said yeah. you grew up really religious yeah. yeah what was that shift like well because i feel like weed is so like perpendicular to like you are a, a student you went to harvard you listen to your mom you're religious da, 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 da. and then there's like weed like how what was that <laughs> um Weed! It was like amazing. This. I I yeah. think uh, I you know I'm a very um, like strong personality, and I always listen to myself. Um, you know, mm. I love myself more than anyone in this world, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but it's true, you know. And I'm that's, very, I'm very, that's where everyone should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah I, like, I want that. You I should. want that confidence. <laughs> Holy yeah, I'm shit! Very, <laughs> I'm very proud. Um, yeah, but you know, I think it was. Like I've, I'm very uh, goal driven. Uh, I'm very high strung um, to a certain Mm. extent as in like, Mm. you know, I'm like, okay guys, like we said we were going to do this two days ago. Like, why is this Airbnb not booked? And why have you not accepted my Venmo request? Like I am that bitch. Uh, But then, (laughs) but then it was really through kind of smoking weed that kind of gave me the perspective that. I am only, I am before I was the chosen one by God. And then now I'm like, oh, like I'm a single agent amongst billions of agents living in this place called Earth. Uh, and it, you know, it really put things into perspective for me. Um, you know, now, you know, I started understanding that it was about like working together to create the best possible outcome, you know, rather than me doing my job and expecting everyone to the same standards, you know, so from Mm. that kind of interpersonal relationships to even, you know, just how I, how much kind of room I give myself, you know, that intrapersonal relationships, it really not. yeah. Yeah. And it's still to this day, you know, like, really like I'm so grateful like and I think now you know before I thought it was like the act of smoking weed that you know really uh really catapulted this change but in Korea I was just in Korea for five months didn't smoke Mm -hmm. weed at all and yeah I have changed because um beyond the fact that I got some terrible ass sleep um, yeah, I, there's still so much more leisure and room in my heart. Yeah. Um, so Eric. let me let me tell you how it shook up really. Um, so okay, as as Brian said, like I studied really hard too at Harvard, and I went to this consulting firm, and then and it was good in the way that I learned how like kind of you know the top management think like white white men think. Um, honestly, in this in yeah. these organizations, uh, but then I was in a case for six months with Purdue Pharma. Um, you may mm-hmm. have seen the oh. article. Yeah, I was. Oxy, yeah, I was in that oh, case. Uh, Jesus, and it really broke me. Um, yeah, it 
it broke me. And I tried to leave, tried to leave, and they would be like, no, you're going to get promoted, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I just like had a really hard look at my life. And I was just like, is this what I worked my ass off to do to like extend mm-hmm. patents for children's Oxycontin and to defend mm-hmm. these white people from avoiding blame like you know there was just so much kind of angst that came from my nine to ten like everyday job um Mm -hmm. which is why i was like you know what sorry i have to leave um and i left uh that company and then i i was just like i had a month off in korea and I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? Like, I'm gonna take my sweet time to re- really figure out what I want to do. Um, and then, which is how I joined V Files, which is a uh, fashion uh, label and a like a fashion incubator uh, that's very yeah. digital based. Um, yeah. So while I was there, I was like, this is really fun. I was the only business hire there, uh, so I got to you know hang out with a lot of creatives, and then. Uh, I got started going to fashion shows and shit and felt cool. I saw like my then idol, Nicki Minaj, like right in front of me. So I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, he's in the trap. And then like from there, I was just like, you know what? Like I love these people and I love this creative energy. And I feel like what they're doing is like not that hard. I'm just going to fucking do it, which is Mm -hmm. how I imagined that universe. And I was like, you know, and what does God create on the seventh day? Sunday school to globalize cannabis and to spread higher education worldwide. So it started out as like a part-time, not even a part-time, it started out as like a t-shirt and a sweatshirt project. We sold it out of a school bus. We sold it out of any like cafes and like bodegas like and like soju places in Koreatown. We sold it out of- As just merchandise. Yeah, it's just merchandise. Not like weed at all. Okay. We never meant to start a weed brand. It was just we. Mm. It was just always a concept. Hey, day. How does your mom? How does your mom feel about this? Tell us about the weed thing. How does she feel? Um. Mm, so she at for, like for the first two years now we we just we just uh, it's our fifth year fifth anniversary on four twenty. So uh-huh. we're five years old. Nice. For the first two years, she was just like it was just like shame, you know, it was just like deep, deep shame. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then the third year she started getting over the shame because she kind of started that we were up to something and that I was working really hard to make something happen. But so it was like silence on, you know, she didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. with her. Um, And then like over the past year um, from, covid like we really turned our like you know in the beginning of covid we we're like oh shit this is we're fucked this is how we go down um but mm. then actually a year later like our business is fucking booming uh and mm. she saw that like turnaround happen and she was like mm-hmm. oh okay you know and now like she like tells her friends that i sell weed and stuff so i'm just Whoa. like Whoa! Uh, yeah. But she she wraps it <laughs> in the, of, she wraps it in the stock yeah. market context. 
you know, you see all these like, you know, cause Koreans right now are super into the stock, like literally middle school kids are like trading stock and shit. Yeah. And, um, so she's just like, you see all these tickers and you see what they're trading at. This is the industry. My son is pioneering. And I was like, okay, mm. mom. Mm. Yeah. How does that make you feel though? That she still has to package it in this like high performance way, as opposed to just being like, my son sells weed. I don't need to hide it. It is what it is. And I'm proud of him, you know? Um, it makes me feel okay. I honestly, I'm yeah. great. Yeah. I'm grateful that she's like, yeah. she told me. Even uncle, open to the idea yeah, of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just like, you do you, yeah. girl. Like whatever, whatever kind of like mechanism you whatever need makes, to yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, deal <laughs> yep, with it. Yep. I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, I guess that's like a, that is like a good, it's so funny how like ideologies to like old, not, not saying just your mom, but like just my parents or other older people in general, they're like, I'm, I can't accept this. But then if you prepackage it in another way, they're like, this is okay. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's a successful business. Yeah. I like how the, the, like her journey was shame, silence. <laughs> Stock market. Stocks. Stocks. Capitalism. Yes. Oh, man. No. My, my son's rich. <laughs> what does your son do? He's rich. He sells stocks on the stock market. He's pioneering a field. Exactly. Yeah, you know. You know That's the market amazing. cap of the cannabis yeah. industry. Yeah, my son has a hand in that. You see the Kager? You know, it's growing like crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you mentioned this earlier about how you like talk to yourself a lot and it's almost like a split personality thing. And, oh, yeah. and, and in many ways, it almost seems like your existence is like you, you own this cannabis company and like... It's, it is the embodiment of who you are. It's the highest form of you. But then you go back to Korea a lot where, from my understanding, drug use is still heavily stigmatized in Korea. Yeah. And so do you find yourself having to like code switch when you go back there or like, I, how, I, I don't know. I used to. Um, yeah. I used to, but then actually this was the first time. And I think it's because I also lived alone and not with my parents. Mm. Um, that I just like was fully open with everything. Like I was fully myself and uh, there's no one like me in Korea, right? Like there's no one who is selling weed, one, at least, no. uh, right. who is Korean. Uh, and, right. and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not a, like a meek, shy businessman. I am, I'm out there, like I'm talking about like anal sex to these like 65 year old CEOs and, <laughs> uh, and basically, and it was truly awesome. Um, the, these guys like, you know, sure. Korea is obviously like, you know, cannabis is demonized, you know, super yep. stigmatized. Um, but we do have a very like thriving creator community, um, who not, you know, they, they, they may not fuck with cannabis, but they fuck with what mm. we're trying to do regarding cannabis mm. culture and even beyond mm. can like, you know, just as trying to break the taboos and as trying to expand that image of model minority of that, you know, Harvard going mm -hmm. stereotypical, um, Asian American experience. Um, mm -hmm. and like seeing, seeing, you know, our, how our culture is playing out in the global, like, 
uh, front field, I think, you know, so we, we knew we had that, but then as I was meeting all, I met so many old people, um, especially mm-hmm. like my last month in Korea, because I, you know, I like few of my friends were like, you know, they're like these conglomerate CEOs and they're like, oh, you should meet this guy and that guy, that guy. And main reason being that stock market cannabis is super hot. So they're like, oh, like, can we invest blah, 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 blah. And then, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and so many of these guys are so cool and they're so amazed you know they don't smoke themselves mm. but they're just like i fuck with your vision uh mm. and we're, yeah yeah and we're like, they could see the entrepreneurial spirit in you yeah and i think not even just in me but just like in i think they're smart the people yeah they know what's happening yeah. out um, right now, not just in the U.S. globally, like Thailand mm-hmm. is legalizing cannabis, mm-hmm. Mexico mm-hmm. is legalizing cannabis. Um, so you know, like cannabis is really like it's really the white people who made cannabis illegal. Um, let's mm-hmm. let's talk mm-hmm. about that revisionist history here. Uh, like mm-hmm. you know, the Nixon era, the Reagan era, the post Cold War like antics of trying to control the like you know, trying to control the popular opinion, like this, like demagogy yep. and leadership mixed with, you know, the Christian missionary, like value driven, like, you know, let's ban this plant that has existed mm-hmm. uh, because it makes people lazy. It makes people, you know, like less motivated and we need to put out output in order to beat Soviet Union. You know, that's the antic that globalized this regulation, this like class A drug classification Mm -hmm. of cannabis, Mm -hmm. which, you know, spread like fire across the world. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we are at a point where that is being, you know, corrected, same way prohibition Mm -hmm. ended, you know, uh, same way, you know, a lot of like a lot of these social norms set by our colonizers are being uh, fixed right now. So I think most of our listeners and people, including me, we're familiar with the history of like marijuana and how it became illegal in the United States. It has a lot of things to do with racism and colonialism, blah, blah, blah. But what I don't know, and I don't, I'm not sure if you have the answer to this. Why is it, why is it so stigmatized and illegal in Korea? Like what is the history that led up to that? Thanks for asking that. that? Um, I do a lot of research on this. Um, Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see cannabis, um, you know, hemp fabric, you know, ma mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. something that we use, used for millennia. You know, we see it yeah, in yeah. The rice bags, right? We see it in the sambe mm-hmm. culture. You know, that's why Korea has a great linen business as well. Um, mm. And basically, um, and there's this area in Korea called Andong, which actually they're growing medical cannabis there now, which is awesome. Oh. Um, yeah, but basically, uh, you know, and we see it in like Tongibogam, uh, which is the like the like text of all like Korean Eastern medicine uh, by mm-hmm. Hojun. Uh, I don't know if yeah, Hojun is this super famous. He's in yeah. BTS. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. He, he was BTS of his time because he Stan was... Hojun. <laughs> Stan Hojun. Stan <laughs> Hojun. Yeah, he, he is the most famous doctor um, from whatever time period 
he was yeah. from, I forget. Um, but basically, uh, you know, we see documents of like, you know, people using cannabis, whether it's, you know, burning mm-hmm. it or whether it's using it as a topical. Um, but then all the records, you know, show that, you know, from the uh, 19th century on when the Christian mm. missionaries, you know, kind of landed in our land and was just like, hey, we're going to spread the well of God. And God mm. says, cannabis is like bad for you. Uh, mm. From that to like the 20th century politics of, you know, mm-hmm. Korea being, you know, our country where I'm from, we were split up by white people. We were split up mm-hmm. by America. We were split up by so- the Soviet Union, Russia, um, and Russia plus Alpha. Uh, and was it called the Parent Trap? <laughs> with that, like, <laughs> you know, because of those, because of those forces, yeah. like there was, and then also there, you know, all, obviously things happened internally within our country too. With Park Jong Hee, who was, you know, the yeah. first de facto dictator of Korea, um, and then you know those forces going over to Chun Doan, uh, and they wanted very tight control over what citizens can do and feel and express, and you know they wanted mm-hmm. a very singular, linear way of thought, which is you know mm-hmm. definitely banning the cannabis agenda definitely helps with that. They also banned alcohol for a time being, you know, so I think it's Mm. those sort of um, external and internal forces combined that really kind of stabilized cannabis as this demonic force in um, our country. Um, And, you know, Mm. for us, so interesting, you know, there are so like the global cannabis, like the the global fabric of cannabis, like the stories, uh, you know, worldwide, whether it's, you know, your experiences with space cakes in Amsterdam or with Bob Marley in Jamaica or, you know, or in New York, you know, huffing and puffing out in Union Square Park, whatever it is, like it's so rich, yet there's not many stories, you know, from our perspective as Koreans, as Mm. Asians, as Asian Americans. And Mm -hmm. for us, like we, you know, one of the main reasons why we work every day is to contribute to that fabric, to provide contextualization of this plant. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, that has existed before us uh, and beyond us uh, to kind of give, you know, more information so that they can choose to or choose not to, you know, uh, utilize. And know that it's part of our culture. Exactly. Part of the human culture. The human culture. So just to like summarize what you just said, (laughs) it's, it's the fault of white people. And also, and also <laughs> fault, and also the fault of Hannam. Hannam it means Hannam is short for Korean men, and it's like Hannam. You know, yeah. Boo. Korean men are toxic. Like Hannam are toxic. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, no, you, you hear it everywhere in Korea. Hanam, yeah, no, they are toxic. Hanam. No, they are. I always forget, man. Oh my god, so toxic. Like I am. Toxic. I always forget. You know, I'm like, toxic. I mean, what? When I go there, I forget and I don't, I am very careful not to say this around white people because white people be like, say, then they get really racist with it and they're like, Asian men are misogynist. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Chad. But like, they, but I I forget. I get to Korea and I'm like, oh, I forgot if I say this, this grown ass man is gonna like, meme me in public. (laughs) 
the, the, the patriarchy. Yeah, the patriarchy is. <laughs> the patriarchy is. Uh, yeah, I think it's important what you just said is you, you're providing that choice and that option to the user because from my personal experience, like, yeah, I had a lot of shame, like experimenting with cannabis and I was like, fuck, I'm such a bad Asian. And if I knew if Sunday school had existed when I was mm. a teenager, mm-hmm. I could at least see that and make the choice for myself rather than being entirely rooted in shame because there was no other reference exactly. point available. That's yeah. so great. It's so yeah. important to and, show. And we get like yeah. we get DMs from um, people in our community who are just like, "Wow, like you know, I recently immigrated yeah. here. I never understood it, and then through you yeah. guys, yeah. like I now understand it more. And I tried it, and it wasn't for me, but I root for what you guys are doing. Or like I tried yeah. it and I loved it. You know, like the fact is, whether you try it or not, like. Like this is, you know, it's like same with prohibition. Like imagine our life without white wine or imagine our life. I can't imagine. Ah! Like what what is summer without a cold Savi B, you know? Yeah. No, I feel like the message of Sunday school is like what Brian and I like to talk about a lot on this podcast. There's no wrong way to be an Asian. And here you are another Asian just being a human being representing a different way that you can be an Asian, which is every way. Yeah. I'm Um, very proud to be mellow and yellow. (laughs) Uh, This is a question that we like to ask all of our guests. And that is, what is something that you're proud of, Day? I'm proud of oh i mean like let's start with a trivial point i lost around like 15 pounds over quarantine so i'm very proud mm-hmm. of that like first wow. time first time like i also like kept it off um which is lit because summer is coming and uh, <laughs> yeah you know. yes it is um so i'm very proud of that and then i think too like i'm very well okay maybe can i go like r-rated here yeah. Do what? Yes. Okay. Please. Well, we love our rated. Um, so this has been a bucket, like a goal of mine since 2019. Mm. Um, I was like rolling tits at, like, and I was like writing down like my goals for the new um, decade to come. And I was like, yeah. my goal is to fuck a Korean man. Like that was my goal. Yeah. And because, because I had only fucked non-Asian men before, which rooted Mm. from, I think my like self-hatred, which rooted from like the media's kind of, you know, portrait. like there's so many external and internalized factors that led to that. Um, But yeah, this year, 2021, I fucked a Hanam. Let's, Hanam. Yeah. Let's go. Hanam, yeah. <laughs> wow, that is so crazy. That so, is so not. I mean, I, I mean, so I'm not ju- not no judgment, but I was like, wow, that's insane that you've never. Yeah. Sli- was it the first Asian person you've slept with? Period. period. Or the first Korean person. Oh, I fucked a. Wow. I, I fucked a half Japanese guy in San Francisco. Yeah. Who hasn't? Yeah, Who hasn't then, in San Francisco? <laughs> honestly, Who hasn't fucked a half Japanese guy in San Francisco? I'm not joking. He was <laughs> sorry. 
yeah, he was so good though. Uh, he, he was like nice. so good. And as fucked up as it sounds, I was like, wow, you colonized my asshole. Like your ancestors colonized my ancestors. Damn. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. That's me. Whenever I've like, uh, whenever I sleep with a white person, they lay down the pipe. I'm like, damn, got me again. <laughs> damn you. <laughs> Um, I was so happy and so proud of myself like it was like less about him it was more just like yeah you did it like you did it you know Um, this is the best what I've been proud of that we've ever heard on this show this year I fucked a Korean man I did it Exactly. <laughs> that's what the fuck is up. That's that so is good. My 2021 that is energy. up. Yeah. I'm so. I feel like I learned so much. I'm really proud that you are here representing. You know, like it. This just goes to show. If you're an Asian person listening to this, if you just go to Harvard, your parents will let you do whatever the hell you want to do. You just go to Harvard. You can sell weed and have sex with men. Who gives a shit? You went to just, Harvard. Just your mom be tenacious. Care. But have mom. that grit. I am not just for 18 years. Okay, never mind. Delete the last part. (laughs) I mean, she doesn't understand English, so she's not gonna listen to this. But like, okay, that is my honestly like. No, delete it for the FBI. (laughs) That is my only like worry, you know, in life right Mm. now. Um, Mm. But that being said, I know I'll get through it because yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, like. It is what it is. And like, I am me and I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be gay. Like, and I think that, you know, they will be too once they understand. Again, I think it all stems back from ignorance because of lack of information uh, that's Mm. been clouded by prejudice and preconceptions. And it's not dissimilar to the cannabis demonization story. Like it's the same forces that affect the you know, the gay agenda. Um, so, but things are changing in Korea. Same way weed is coming out to not the mainstream, but you know, that like one, one level above ground. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the LGBTQ agenda is also, you know, getting, um, it's spotlight and hopefully, you know, we can, we can change the world and our motherland, uh, one story by one story. Absolutely. That is like, I feel like that's a completely separate conversation that maybe we'll have you back to speak about because that's also fascinating and there's so many similar correlations, but thank you so much for this talk. This was so fascinating. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Yeah, we are at, at Sunday, Sunday, like ice cream Sundays, S U N D A E dot school, Sunday dot school. And our website is www.sunday.school. And if you're in California, you can buy our edibles and our joints. We just released our mochi gummies. They come in a flavor what? of yuzu oh. uh, and wow. lychee oh, wow. and <laughs> milk tea boba. And they're wow. available at all your major dispensaries like MedMen and Ease, but also at your local shops. And just DM us if you live in California where you can find it. Wow. Wow, I want those I, so I bad. I want those so bad. <laughs> I, I want to get someone so to buy them bad. for me. <laughs> 
I will. Uh, I'm gonna get Vanessa. I'm gonna get Vanessa. I'm will send them to vaccine. me. I'm getting my second dose on May 10. So after that, yeah. let's. Uh, and then I'm going to California, but I'll bring a tub of edibles back for you guys, so we can uh, allegedly so we can get Brian allegedly. Good, <laughs> we can get Brian the good sleep he needs. I can yeah. finally rest. Yeah. <laughs> um, Young Me, where can our listeners find you on socials? YM Mayor, and then on TikTok at Young Me Mayor, they restored my TikTok. Ooh, I was banned <laughs> Thank for God. a <laughs> What about you, Brian? <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park, and you guys can follow our Feeling Asian uh, social media, whatever, on TikTok and Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. And uh, if you're looking for an audio engineer, hit up Sarah Pack on Instagram at I M underscore P A K T. That's at Impact. And that's it, guys. Thanks Thank again, you. Day. I have one more oh. final request, actually. If you are a, yes. if you are a stable single Korean American or Asian American, but Korean American preferred male who's gay, hit me up. You know my DMs nice. are open. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. This is the kind of energy I'm trying to bring into this summer, young me. (laughs) Me too. My DMs are also open. My DMs are my my DMs are also open. And so is my. Don't DM me. (laughs) Hotation. My hotation definitely open. Don't DM me if you don't live in this general area or like are not looking to fly in because I don't want to talk to anybody that lives in fucking. Or if you're not vaccinated, don't DM me. Yeah, yeah, don't. Or if you, you know, nothing. <laughs> okay. My DMs are open. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.